Let out the beast. Let him out. Welcome, I'm Sam Mays, and today in the Sam Mays Podcast, we've got former Oklahoma great Wes Sims, and uh, we have two, two actually, Oklahoma greats. Yeah. Bronson Irwin, how are you, Double sir? Double time. Doing well. Glad to be here as the uh, the honorary non-All-American. Thanks for having me. Oh. Are Wait. you a non-All-American? You played more than I feel like. Than... I was a freshman All-American, so it's all right. Nah, take the win, man. Take yeah, the win. Take the, take the take W, the w man. Take the W. But you actually did. Uh, play in nine games as a true freshman at Oklahoma. I did, yeah, I lettered all four years, uh, started my last two years, and uh, played a lot of fun football games, so I can't That's complain. Funny. Right. You uh, you were there from 2010 to? 10, 11, 12, 13. Yes, 10, sir. 10, 11, 12, 13. So some great football games, uh, obviously right there at the end of Bob Stoops' career, and uh, I'm sure you've got some great memories. We're going to dive into those. But real quick, I want to say a big thank you to Ned Starlight Lounge, which is where we're at tonight. If you haven't been to Ned's, it is absolutely incredible. One of Brittany and I's favorite spots uh, to come to here in Oklahoma City. It's great for a date night. It's great for a Sunday brunch. Uh, really, any night of the week or lunch, come on in to Ned's. They have some of the best wings you will have in the Metro. And uh, Brittany would kill me if I didn't mention the uh, Poblano chicken fried steak, which is a a family f- uh, favorite here in my house. So big thank you to Ned Starlight Lounge. We'll be throughout. We'll be at Ned's uh, for the forever. Like we're going to be here a lot, so you're going to see a lot more of of Ned Starlight. So we're happy to have him on board the Same Ace Podcast. I also want to thank you. Say a big thank you to our title sponsors, Nature's Key. Uh, Nature's Key is the cannabis company that I've been taking the CBD products through as I do the This Is Forty podcast, which has been exceptional uh i am in better shape than i've been in a long time i'm losing weight and without the cbd and thc products i get from them i would be in rough shape as both these guys just laughed at me as i tried to stand up out of this chair a second ago so <laughs> yeah. uh big thank you to nature's key uh also big thank you to jackson's a kingfisher for that awesome trail boss i'm driving around in totally tickets for getting on board they went a couple of great concerts coming up that we'll let you guys know about here in a little bit and the edge sports fitness coach denny bonowitz doing a great job actually uh Bronson knows Denny a little bit, which oh, is Denny Bonowitz. Yeah. yeah, he'll he'll put you through it, man. He'll, he, uh, he'll pull yeah. the best out of you. I'm a few today at the gym. <laughs> Straight up, <laughs> I looked at Denny and I I kind of blacked out a little bit. I forgot the intern's name, and I'm like, Denny, tell that kid to go get a trash can. <laughs> so he goes running down there to get it. Because the last thing you want to do is have a have a fat man vomit session during the middle of a workout. Uh, the uh, pulled pork that I ate for lunch would have not been good on that turf in there. So. Uh, but, yeah, shout-out to the Edge Sports Fitness. It's working. It's going well. I feel better. I turn 40 tomorrow, actually, which is, uh, you know, one of those milestones in life. I don't know, man. It's uh, I'm having a weird – it's just been weird. It's been a weird week. I can't believe I'm turning 40 tomorrow. You're looking better. I mean, your head wasn't sweating when you got up. As much <laughs> as you were struggling, you didn't break a sweat, and I was proud of you. Thank you. I appreciate that. The Crisco sheen that I typically have is, yeah. is less and less, which is uh, – uh, which is good. So yeah, man, I it's it's going well. We love the podcast. We love uh, your your interaction out there. Thank you guys so much for listening and watching on the YouTube. And if you like what you're hearing or seeing, make sure you like, subscribe, and comment. Uh, that helps us out a lot. So we really appreciate it. Um, I got these guys here to talk a little bit about you know some other stuff other than my my podcast. So, um, but yeah, I mean it's it's springtime, right? It's that time of the year where. The season has begun. So many people don't really understand that college football is 365 now. Uh, the days of these kids going home in the summertime and working the farms and coming back in the fall don't exist. This is a business. It's a multi-billion dollar business. And so we train like it's a multi-billion dollar business. Oklahoma right in the middle of their spring ball. Uh, I think this is the end of week three. Uh, next week, week four with the spring game coming up. And it, it kind of makes you think. You know, one of the questions today on social media we got was, you know, how do you guys – what do you guys think of spring? And when I took a second and thought about it, I was like, you know, I felt two different ways throughout my yeah. career about it. As a as a redshirt freshman and sophomore, it was like, That's this, your chance. Is, this is my chance to get a seat at the table. You know what I mean? I'm trying to eat like everybody else is. And then after you're starting, and I'm like, I don't want to do. Yes, <laughs> yes. Did you? Tell, what was your ball. experience like? So I actually, my first spring was 2010. So I was an early grad guy. So I was supposed to be going to prom and. School yeah, dances that's, that's, and all see, that, that was just now happening at that point. Yeah. yeah, so I was recently 18, basically, when I started spring ball. And uh, 
the second offensive line was me at guard, Gabe Eichert, who was a re recent converted tight end at center, and then my roommate Austin Woods, one of my best friends in the world, um, was the other guard, and he graduated early, same as I did. So we were, we didn't know what the hell we were doing. Right. Um, so we just kind of trialed by fire and tried to figure it out while you had Kevin Wilson uh, saying things <laughs> that I won't repeat on here uh, behind you all, all day long. So um, it gets easier, uh, but I think uh, – You'll like you said, it's kind of a different perspective on where you're at in your career. I think towards the end of spring ball, you're just ready for it to be over, right? Right. And then at OU, at least, when I was there, there was always one practice after the spring game that they used as like an install for summer drills and things like that. That was the worst practice ever because no one wanted to be there. The coaches didn't want to be there. See, we never had that. that. I shouldn't say that, but we're going to install the drills that you're going to do on your own in the summer right. and things like that. So <laughs> He said on your own. <laughs> yeah. That's what know. Wednesdays are for. Full, dis full disclaimer, Your I'm not an NCAA compliance expert. Right. <laughs> right. Dude, you remember the paperwork that you used to – so we had – I don't know how it was. There's a good gap between Wes and I and, and Bronson, so that 10-year gap, I feel like there was a lot more illegal things happening while we were out there. But they yeah. used to bring us in to this, to, the, to this room and say, okay, you have to sign this NCAA paper saying that you only worked out 20 hours a week for the year. Oh, dude. They bring like, us that hey. stuff, like, in the middle of the season. It'd be, like, eight games in. They'd be like, here, sign these eight pieces of paper. Right. And, like, while we're in the meeting room watching film, we're just screwing. It's None dark. We're and probably so, not even on the line. Right. So, we had a smart kid, one of them. One of the 80 was smart, and I forget which one it was, who asked the coach, what is this? And he's like, well, just so, tells the NCAA that, you know, you've only been working out 20 hours a week. And, and that's – Working out, traveling, practice, game travels, 20 hours. There's literally no way to do this. And the kid looked at the compliance guy and was like, I'm not signing that shit, and just threw his pencil and walked right out of the room. But the rest of us were like, you look up, and your Les Miles is looking at you like, you going to sign that paper, boy? And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, they yeah, just, they just handed it. it out nonchalant to us. They were like, here, sign all this. See, yeah. ours were on the computer, so I'm a little, you know, I'm just oh. 30. Oh, okay. I'm, a, I'm, about, uh, I'm about six <laughs> weeks into 30 here, so um, we had to go in there and, and approve them. And, you know, if you didn't approve them for a certain period of time, you know, you may not get your check that month. You got They might hold that check oh, on. So, you, got, yeah. you, get, you know, you got to play the game a little bit. But uh, definitely never felt mistreated. But uh, yeah. I always thought the, the semantics of, you know, ten minutes here or five minutes here, it, it was kind of ridiculous, honestly. Yes, absolutely time. was. And the fact that they think that we're out there. I mean, you are – I will say this. The summer workouts, there is coaches around, but it's not like they're real hands-on. I mean, at least they weren't no. when I was out there. At I, th I think we wish the coaches were there. The ones that were there were, uh, were putting you through it. So yeah. Uh, yeah. sometimes you would wish there was a witness there to see some of that stuff. Yeah. But, uh, there yeah. was some, you know, some of the, the GAs and some of those guys would hang around while we do those things. But th it makes you think about, you know, what's next for Oklahoma football over the next several months. And so you've got one more week with your coaches, and then it's Smitty's game. Right, and then there's four weeks of camp, so essentially you've got five weeks. This is why I keep trying to tell Oklahoma fans, you know, be excited about the spring game, be excited about the next season, be excited about the future of Oklahoma football. But y'all need to understand the job that Brent Venables has is huge. There is right. a lot of work to be done, and as far as the defense is concerned at Oklahoma, I think they have to unteach some things before they can actually teach some things this spring. I think offensively they might be okay if they can block somebody, but that defense I think is going to take some work. You know, I, yeah, I really they're, do. They're going to be using those pads. They are going to be using those pads. So you've got five good weeks of football before the season gets started. That's crazy as we sit here April 14th to think that you actually have only five weeks of actual work with the coaches to get ready for an entire football season. That's how important. That's why we keep bringing up the Smitty thing and your strength coaches, how important they are Right. you got to have those dudes. That's your family throughout the summertime. Like Those yeah. are the only coaches that you're around. you got to have Schmitty out there banging on them, and then you got to have your inside drill where you can just get nasty with people and you learn. You're not going to learn any other way than just pushing meat. Yeah. I mean, that, it's all the way you can put pushing it. Pushing meat, I mean, that's a rap, song, or like a rap song or something. Yeah. Like yeah. yeah. I was like, you just got to you gotta move it around. <laughs> what is it, pushing pee, right? Pushing pee, whatever yeah. that means. Yeah. My 12-year-old looked at me and said, Sam, you pushing pee? And I thought. Should I ask you what that means? Like Maybe? Master P? Or should Maybe? I? Because if it means Master P, then no. And you shouldn't be listening to that. <laughs> it's been a, been a long time. Yeah. Oh, Shout out. What's his name? Percy? Percy. Percy Miller, right? Percy, yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah, he was responsible for, uh, what's his son? Little Bow Wow. 
His son was uh, Romeo, I believe. Oh, says. that's right. Yeah. Whose son was Bow Wow? I don't know. I, I couldn't tell you, honestly. Yeah, Little Romeo and Bow Wow. I feel like they were same rapper daddies. The little. <laughs> what a weird turn this has, has taken. That's um, what happens. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, outside of what the expectations are for this spring, I think there's, like I said, a lot of probably, you know, uncoaching and recoaching and installing. And, you know, that first spring with a new regime is difficult. You know, not as work, much work gets done as an established, you know, team, an established offense, an established defense. Like, you're just now taking some baby steps. Yeah, you, you kind of wonder what's going to change defensively. I mean, obviously, you know, offensively, there, there's some pieces that are still in place. But, uh, yeah, I'm definitely curious to see how, uh, how Brent comes in here and, and sets the culture. Um, big picture as well as defensively specifically. And, you know, I had the privilege of being on the team when, when Brent was there 2010-2011, um, which my memory is, is, is kind of foggy. But, you know, people weren't real fond of him back then, as, as my memory serves me. So I think he's a great guy. I think he's a great coach. Um, he brings an intensity that's uh, – you could say it's probably unmatched. I mean, he's 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 a he's going to be on out there working with guys and uh, setting the tone. And I'm excited to see what he does with it. Best Venables memory from those days? Oh, they're all kind of the same. Um, just these veins he's got that just here and here and here and just. <laughs> ah! um, but it, it's cool to see that, you know, because you got different styles of coaching. Guys that are kind of more laid back, Bill Beatenbow. You know, they'll get into you if they need to. But you know, he he might as well be in pads and cleats. I mean, he he's that involved. Right. So um, yeah. I, I definitely would take that as a, as opposed to somebody that's you know more kind of standoffish. I think that's what they're going to need to to push that defensive culture. I think that uh, they got the right guy. I'm curious to know how. I think, but you know, I, I, the culture conversation I think is easy for the three of us to have with Venables because we all play in the offensive line, and I'm not trying to chew our horn, but there's no more of a team guy that you're going to find on a football team, period. Your offensive linemen are usually all in for the team, ride or die, right, protectors of the group. That's kind of what we do. And so I think when we listen to Venable's talk, it makes sense to all of us. I'm I'm curious to know what Venable sounds like to an 18-year-old. I'm curious to know how... Venables that we know from the sidelines at Oklahoma as a defensive coordinator is going to translate to Venables as a head coach, right, with the camera on his face. And now, you know, whatever this year's version of Rupert Alexander is standing next to him on the sideline, the Venables is just letting him have it, undressing him from toes up to the top of his head, spit come flying out of his mouth. This is something all three of us have, have experienced and all three Correct. of us had no problem with. Today's day and age, that, that kid is a little bit different. And, I, you know, I, I don't have any memory of Venables on a camera uh, there at, at Clemson. He was not the head coach there at Clemson. Uh, obviously did an incredible job. Has coached nothing but NFL players, and he, he can clearly pick them. That's for damn sure. that He's had some of the best defensive lines in college football in the last decade. But, 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 you know, there's still – there's a right. kid. There's a kid that you're talking to, an 18-year-old, that you're going to have to convince – that this culture change, this we're going to do the right thing, this faith-based conversation, which I love, you know, is that for everyone in the modern-day world where A&M's paying these kids big money, right? A lot. Big money. Texas. Big cars. Some, big chains. Throwing it out Big there. music. And we're back on rap. I love it. Here <laughs> we go. Right? I love it. I mean, pop culture is in college football, and there's some coaches out there that are, you know, they're using yeah. it as a they're tool to it. bring in. Yeah. Yeah. You can feed the animal or not. So Oklahoma stands up with that brand, you know, with yeah. that interlocking ONU in their helmet, and they say we're 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 setting a, a different standard, and I respect that. But yeah. is that going to be the standard that's going to help them do what they need to do to play at the highest level against SEC teams in the future? Yeah, it's tough to say. I mean, I can see. Obviously, I see what I see on Twitter, which is usually horrendous but you see a lot of parents that are really kind of driven to that you know they see that they're drawn to that that relationship based Truth. model they're drawn to that development model which i think is you know back in my day you were you're going to be there four or five years and now you've got kids when they commit say i'll be spending my next you know three years at right. uh, wherever um so and say it with confidence right which, which is, is crazy. which is great i yeah. mean uh, believe in yourself i mean no, nobody else will but um I think it's, it hits home with the parents even more so than the kids, which are obviously going to be huge influences in the recruiting process. But, um, no, it's, it's, a, it's an approach I can appreciate, you know, building a brand. Oklahoma's a great program, obviously one of the best best out there, a blue blood. Uh, so it, it's, I'll be curious to see how they can develop that. And, and it, one thing that's exciting to me and hopefully to you as well, 
they're getting involved with the alumni base more so than right. even more so than when Lincoln was there and more so than when Bob was there, if I'm being honest with you. Um, and those are, I mean, they both had a lot of success. But uh, the amount of outreach to alumni and events that are on this calendar for the spring game and things like that, it's, it's kind of nice to get, get the old guys back. Old, I'm an old guy now. Right. Um, back back around the program. The yeah. <laughs> nice. It's so great, it? man. I mean, Bob started that whole deal yeah. with trying to bring the alumni back. Like, Bob's hadn't been there in, like, 15 years till Bob showed up, you yeah. know. And he started it, and then Lincoln kind of let it slip a little, and, and it, Brent's bringing it back. And as far as him undressing the kids, it's – the, the way he does it is different than some of the guys that we had do it to us. Like, he he cares about you, and and he instills that in you. Like, he's doing it because he cares about you. Right. Like, it's a different feeling that you get from him than you would from most people. I coaches. would believe that 100%. Yeah. I think you yeah. earn the right to do that all the way around the calendar, right? You can't just show up and, and be a hard-ass in spring football or in the first day of fall camp. You got to be putting that constant pressure to growth, constant pressure to get better year round, so the kids see that it comes from the right place. I think is part of it. Versus uh, putting on a show, I guess. Um, not that other guys did that, but I think if you're able to establish that culture, then that conversation becomes easier. You know, it's coming from a place of wanting to make you better, not just being an asshole. Right. Yeah. No, I would agree to that. I would agree to that. I think it's going to be an interesting year in Norman. I really do. I think that they've got a lot of uh, interesting opponents i think the schedule is like I, somebody i said something on the radio about oklahoma having five games that i found intriguing and this guy lost his shit what five were they i'm curious well i think that <laughs> nebraska is going to be an intriguing game i think kansas state's going to be intriguing i think oklahoma state's going to be intriguing texas is going to be intriguing and baylor will be favored most likely like this is a the big 12 today is not the big 12 that it was five years ago or six years ago or seven years ago or you're the Big 12 that you played in. It's not the Big 12 that you and I played in yet, but it's at least heading back to the situation where it's being respected again nationally as some tough, hard-nosed teams. The Big 12 had three of the nation's top defenses last year. Three of them. Two of them are ranked in the top ten, right? Or no, three of them are ranked in the top ten. Oklahoma, Baylor, and Iowa State. Oklahoma State, right? Yeah, it was Oklahoma. Right now. Oklahoma wasn't in the top ten. I think they were in the top twenty-five or thirty. But still, yeah, like, how long has it been since yeah. that was the case in this league? So I, I just look at next season as not only is there are they looking towards the SEC because it just matters more, whatever the f that moniker is that they say. But <laughs> yeah. the Big Twelve is not going to let Oklahoma and Texas go without a real swing at them one more time. And I'm here for it. The question is, is Oklahoma here for it? Are they ready for it? Because there's a lot, there's still a lot of work that needs to be done. This is the first Oklahoma team a year ago that I covered that couldn't block. What? Right. Couldn't and, block. And I think that stems back to the way that they practice. I yeah. mean, those guys, like the like the inside drill I mentioned earlier, they don't do that. Right. They haven't done that in years. They're not getting down and banging on people and just throwing the front seven in there and just getting it. You disagree with me on that they can't block? I don't dis. Yeah, yes and no. So I've got more respect for Bill Biedenboe probably than anybody that I've ever oh, he's been an incredible around coach. in the sport. Right. I think he's the best um, in the business. And I was only around him for one year, um, and I was with James Patton the other year. as another guy I have tremendous respect for. So um, I just feel like if there's anybody that's going to have him ready, it's him. And uh, he has a very high standard, probably higher than most of those guys have for themselves. Um, so I think they've got the right guy there to, to mend some of those problems. But it is tough when you've got turnover, like you said before. Um, when I was right. playing, when you were playing, for sure, you know, guys were there four or five years. And oh, that's not yeah. necessarily the case anymore, whether it's they're leaving after three to go get paid or attempt to go get paid, mm-hmm. or they're transferring. Um, and that's kind of just the nature of the beast. So I wouldn't be surprised if you see positions like the offensive line play start to generally kind of slip across football in general because those guys aren't there for the full development like they have been for the last 15 or 20 years. I would I would agree with you 100%. You're seeing it in the college game, and you're also seeing it in the NFL game with young offensive linemen. It's like you're there too soon. You haven't done the necessary work in college to get up there and have success right off the bat. A lot of these rookies are struggling. A lot of these big-time first-round tackles in particular you know, that are coming out. That Flowers kid at LSU slick sticks out real big. Gets into the league and gets his butt handed to him, and it's like you had another year of college. You could have, you know, really honed some of those skills. So I would agree with you on the offensive line. I'm not saying that it's a beaten bow thing. I think that they got caught with what you're talking about. Bobby Evans left early. Cody Ford left early. Right, that they had five NFL players in that line. They should have had those two dudes 
for at least one more year, and maybe, yeah, at least one more year for both those guys, which would have helped the guys, Creed Humphreys in particular, and the two guards that were going to play with them get better with a couple of NFL tackles on the on the helm. Like, that would have helped this offensive line make progression. But last year, you got dudes out there getting two or three penalties in a game consistently. What? How many penalties do you have a college football player? Uh, maybe two. Thank you. And then they were declined, so they never really happened. There so. you go. So I had uh-huh. two. One was bunch. real. One was real. <laughs> I had a whole bunch. Well, Wes, Lots. you were d- built a little different. We used to watch Weston film and 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 literally talk about how he had no technique while gasping at him breaking people. It was like that's not legal. Western or did you take good footsteps? But you hurt that that guy. It's Western yeah. Oklahoma right there. Yeah, the weather for boy was a little bit different. Just played with intent. Yeah, yeah, and, and I think not that, much else. I think I think <laughs> back to what you said. I think there's a certain piece of like. You know, if you, if you say you go on vacation and you rent a you rent a Ferrari for the week, when you go back home and you get in your Honda Civic, you know, I feel like there's a high standard that was set at the offensive line for a few years there. Where yeah. It was exceptional. I mean, right. the best. In the conference, as, in the Big 12. As, as good as anybody, yeah. to be fair. Um, so now we're a step down from that at least. Right. And I think that why can't we be like that every year? Right. It's just not feasible. But I think that's part of it is just that, that high standard that was there for a couple of years with guys like Orlando Brown and Creed Humphrey and Cody right. Ford and that crew. Um, that's hard to build on. Um, but I think that, you know, you got to appreciate it while it's here and then, you know, hope that we can get some more talent in there and get it developed. And, you know, hopefully as much as we complain about the transfer portal, it would be nice to take advantage of that as well. You know, we have the ability to get guys here too. So right. that's another piece that I think people – they, they see the negative uh, negative of it, but they don't necessarily see the positives. Right. I think the positives for a place like Oklahoma, uh, even in Oklahoma State, you know, when you've got established brands, established coaches, uh, you know, there's a reason that kids are leaving their schools and, and looking towards, you know, the stability of Oklahoma State and Oklahoma. So, yeah, I think both schools have benefited tremendously from the transfer portal. Obviously, Oklahoma with a couple of Heisman Trophy winning quarterbacks out of the uh, situation. Speaking of that, let's switch gears here and, and talk about our boy Baker. Uh, Mayfield getting hammered in the media post everything that went down with the Cleveland Browns. I think we all will agree that the Browns handled the situation in a real piss poor way, but it's Cleveland. The mistake by the lake, we all kind of expected that to go poor. He got, I was sitting in the room when he got drafted to Cleveland, and I was so happy because I said in like October that he was going to be the first pick in the draft, and I got mocked for it. And I was so thrilled, and then it sets in that, oh, shit, he's going to Cleveland. And, like, we just know, right? We just know. Even though at that time they had made some of the best decisions in the game, we just knew that it was going to end up in a shit way, which is where it's at right now. I would say they absolutely disrespected him. He's saying that they told him one thing and did something completely different. The thing that I'm frustrated with about Baker is now all you've got to do is shut up, right? You're going to get an opportunity. You're going to be able to play somewhere else. You, I think the kid has got a star inside of him, no question. It's just going to take the right organization and coaches to bring it out of him. But all this crap that he's doing post-everything while he's still on that team is just not the quarterback way, right? It's not – got to be on a different level when you're the quarterback of a football team. And I'm a little frustrated for him that he's putting himself in this situation because the next team is going to have to bring all this baggage in with him, right? Like, you just don't need it. I don't want to talk here how you were disrespected. You're still on that team. So I want him to show up. I want him to do all the things they ask him to do. And if he doesn't start, he doesn't start. He moves on. But, you know, he stays true to the game. He stays true to who Baker Mayfield showed us he was at Oklahoma for years. Yeah, so, I mean, the, you think about the last several decades for the Browns, the only success they really had was with Baker. Um, now, was it the Super Bowl? No. Um, but you think about all the other quarterbacks that were just in their revolving door. Um, and then you want to say he's being childish, and then you bring in a guy that's coming off of all the things he's coming off of with Deshaun Watson. and. You know, it's kind of a weird message that's coming out of Cleveland there. Um, but, you know, I hope that he lands in a great spot. He's very talented. Um, I'm glad to see. Yeah, I think that's part of that's his passion. He's a competitor. Um, but, you know, at a certain point, there's a level of professionalism that you'd like to uphold. But uh, I, I can understand why his feelings are hurt, honestly. I feel like, you, you know, yeah. you, you put your heart on the field for a Which team. Which clearly and, he did. Yeah, I mean. Right. I, you know, like, who, who gets drafted to Cleveland and it's like, this is where I want to be? And I believe that. I mean, he's he's the hero that Cleveland deserves. He he's too short. Them with open he's, arms when nobody else would. Right. I mean, that's the, Baker even looks like Northeastern Ohio, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. he just does. They're, he's too short. He's too slow. He doesn't have the arm strength that people think he should, but he's a scrappy SOB. That is absolutely Cleveland. 2AT. Too short, 
too slow, but would fight you in the parking lot of a Walmart. And they made like, it happen. Yeah, and they just make it happen. Got to the playoffs. Absolutely. Like, that's he what Northeastern Ohio Pittsburgh. is. And, but at the same time, it's like, that's your dude. Right. Thank you. <laughs> Are you a Steelers guy? Oh, is that, yeah. is that your team? Oh, okay. yeah. Baker and Tebow, yeah. everybody that makes just sense. taking shots. Well, it was either Cleveland or, or, or Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just from a regional standpoint. Okay. Yeah. Or I guess it could have been Cincy, which, man, yeah, what a year no, they had. That would have been an incredible year. Cincinnati sucked my whole life. <laughs> yeah. They were just terrible. It's the best helmet in the NFL. That, and you could get shot just walking down the street, like, <laughs> more so than Cleveland or Youngstown. Cincy was, like, the man. rough back in the day. I'm it's just out on Ohio. You make it sound horrible. Hey, he came down here to God's country and never went back. <laughs> yeah, look, never went not back. Go There's, back. Uh, I would be <laughs> lying to you if I told women. you there was, or aren't nicer places than Northeastern Ohio. <laughs> Yeah, well, you're steel welcome. country. Yeah, thank you. At least wide open spaces out here, right? Yeah. And uh, the great state of Oklahoma. I think that Baker Mayfield's still got a future. I don't know where that's going to be. He's saying Seattle might be the most likely destination. Uh, I hope that he gets an opportunity. I'd love to see him in a Steelers uniform. That would be the most epic, most Baker Mayfield-like yeah, situation awesome. ever. To go to the rival, how yeah. epic would that be? Who but do I mean, they have? Like, Biscuit? Is he the quarterback there? Trubisky? Yeah. Oh, God. And yeah, I'm not happy about it. Mason, Rudolph, and Biscuit. What are you doing right now? Like, yeah, I know who the quarterbacks are. Is that real? That's that's, that's the roster in the NFL. That's the that's the NFL roster. Josh Dobbs. Okay. He didn't got any eyebrows. <laughs> oh no, he's still there. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Wasn't yeah. he like a rocket scientist or something? Yeah, he was like I think he actually I think he but was. But he just can't stop getting paid. To do nothing. Yeah. Good, Good for him. him. Good That's fallback awesome. to go be a rocket right. scientist. Yeah. And I want to say he dated Mason Rudolph's girlfriend or wife. Oh. And then, then something happened. Yeah. It's a weird situation up there. Just passing them around in Pittsburgh. <laughs> Three rivers. Oh, man. And other things. Allegheny County. I don't even know what to say to that. <laughs> Yeah. It's your team, bud. <laughs> yeah, it is my team. I like the Raiders. They're weird. I'm weird. It works. Yeah. You're a Raiders fan? I grew up a Raiders fan. Howie Long. Okay. That's my dude. Oh, uh, that's right. What school did Howie go to again? Villanova. Yeah. I didn't even know they had a football team. Do you want to play, yeah? Yeah, they weren't, they weren't big boy talk. Yeah. Who's your favorite football player growing up? That's a good question. Um... I feel like my dad kind of got me on Larry Allen, which is Same. a little before my time. But yep. just watching the videos of him sprinting downfield and just picking off safeties, I mean, it doesn't get better than that. Yeah, yeah, and then you repping 405 for 15, just insanity. Yeah, uh, that, That's kind of my earliest memories of watching football, is, uh, which I'm not a Cowboys fan. By, I'm not really – I don't have a pro team per se. But, uh, yeah, he's uh, – I don't know if there will be one like him. I agree. Larry Allen for me, and then I would just say close second would be Tony Baselli. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Tony was good, man. I like. Weird that you had, had a that. defensive player. Well, I you mean, he wore an sides. offensive number, but I I like the way that he played, man. He's yeah. just a, an abusive human being, and I like that. Violent, to say yeah. the least. And now he does uh, commercials for Skechers. So right, uh, I'm wearing Skechers right now. Life life comes not full be because of how I you want to talk about some old man shit that you probably haven't done in your life yet. <laughs> so Wes and I wear the same exact shoe, okay. size 16. Same. And so I'm, oh, there yeah. you go. Yeah. Hey, so hey, none of us, none of us can buy There might shoes. be something special going on here. I don't know. So I've got shoes. on some slides that don't look completely horrible. Wes looked at my shoes, like, what do you think of those? I'm like, I hate them. They make my feet hurt. He's like, try on this one. Literally takes his old man shoe off, slides it over so I can try it on in the restaurant. That just happened. Yeah. So I just tried on his sketchers, and now I need a pair of sketchers. And he enjoyed it. And if I had to guess... My fiance, who's sitting across the table from me right now, has already Googled the shoe and most likely purchased it. Yes. Yeah. yeah it's on it's the way to the one. house. Yes, Doesn't 100%. No, no free shout-outs on here. No free shout-outs to <laughs> Yeah, shout-out to so Skechers. I will, uh, I will fight the Skechers off until, uh, for as long as I can. I'll yeah. No, you're going to need them. I had the, uh, <laughs> the shape-ups at one point with, like, the big air bubble in the middle. Did you really? I'm not going to lie to y'all. They look retarded. When you look at it, you're like, this guy's an idiot. But they're amazing. Right. They are absolutely amazing. You just bounce, yeah. bouncing oh, you, through the mall. You could just, just sit there and just float back and forth <laughs> on this cloud. It was amazing. I would have been nervous that cloud was going to bust. Like, I was well over it, that 400 pound mark for a while. At one point, well but over. I had had them for like a year or two, so I wasn't really. There was time to go. What, uh, what do you weigh right now? Too much. I'm, I'm down about 40 pounds, yeah, actually. You look good. So, nice. 
I'm trying to trying to follow follow your example, man. I'm, I'm losing lose a little weight, I and uh, I, I think genetically I'm predisposed to just being a big guy. But uh, yeah. definitely want to keep losing some weight. And you, get, I, uh, you get under three bills? Not, no, not yet. Oh yeah. There's no way he's under three. I bills. I've been under three bills since I was the stairmaster in 2011. Me and Jerry Schmidt, 4:30 in the morning in there. Oh. I think I climbed about 100,000 flights that summer. So I was about. I got to like 293. That was about the lightest I'd been since sophomore uh, high school. Yeah, eighth or eighth. Uh, yeah, probably tenth grade. Why are both of y'all that big? Like I was 185 pounds in eighth grade. Because we fried our food. Yeah. So I was 227 in eighth grade wrestling season, and then in ninth grade football season, I was 287. So I was two, I was 185 eighth grade, wore the size 16 though, yep. right? And then I was 250 as a freshman. Okay. So I had a big leap there, but man, I was I was still into that little you know under 200 pounds as an eighth grader. You were 300 pounds as an eighth grader. No, ninth grade. Ninth I was grade. 265 in eighth grade, and then hit 300 in ninth grade. Never looked back. Yeah. Until last year. What are you at right now? <laughs> 270. 270. Nice. I'm trying to get down to 305. That's a good number. That's my goal weight. I'll have a flat stomach and feeling good about myself. Last summer, I took my shirt off at a pool party, and Wes made whale sounds publicly, yeah, like in front of people. Can I get a sample or? Like it was, uh, yeah. <laughs> we were all drunk, and it was it was a cross between like a, like a move a cow, <laughs> yeah. and a, and a, the gush of a whale. It yeah. probably sounded more like yeah. uh, the water boy coming to hit you. Like you know, he takes that big ass hand of his and like smacks it against my bare oh, wet back. That's the worst. You know, you just that's feel the, the fat vibrate, and I'm like, thank you, Feeling thank your bones. you, yeah, oh, thank you for just doing. Rode that. the wave, yeah. <laughs> it was fun. So then I had to I had to not be that. Anymore, so that's the goal is to, is to drop down a little bit. My goal has always just been I don't want my stomach to jiggle like when I'm brushing my teeth or just doing like regular shit. That's a good and goal. That's, that's about it. It's like, cool. It's not not have the vibration. Like if I'm when you're walking doing and shit. I don't feel my tits bounce, yeah, it's a good day. Yeah, I feel like here in the last month I no longer feel my tits bounce when I walk. Shout out Denny Bonovich. Shout out yeah, Edge so, Sports Fitness. Shout out to the Edge. <laughs> Uh, so there you go. <laughs> no more titties bouncing. Um, all right, let's uh, let's get into some of the social media questions that we got on on Twitter. We'll get on out of here. I uh, appreciate your time for sure. Now I can't guarantee that these are going to be it's gonna get sports weird. related. This is my favorite. This is, this the, is the best part. This is the best. Okay, well, we get this to sit here and yeah. and uh, the big guys like to get weird. Hey, it's all right. Yeah. <laughs> hey. Yep. And, and then Wes is so weird that he brings a very weird audience to this. Like he, the the West Sims, true fans are definitely the oddest ones in the in the group, in the room. They get me. Yeah. So he's, is, he's Western Oklahoma. All my all my family's from McCurtain County, which is southeast. So this could get this could get a little odd. Southeast. Yeah. Oh, down there by. Yeah. Uh, if you don't know it, don't go. Yeah, it gets weird. Unless you're going to Broken Bow. I'm, yes. But if you're going south of Broken Bow, Don't call, call me. But, <laughs> but call, call me. McCurtain County Gold down there. All right, buddy. Yep. All right. Do. You want me to just take it so I can read them? Okay. All right, here we go. How's the reading? All right. Oh, here we go. This is a, a great one to start with. We'll go. This is from at Lee Quentin on Twitter. How do you guys feel about Texas being ESPN top ten preseason team? In what? In, in football. Swimming? Or? Is this real? <laughs> can, I, can I preface okay. this? Did you see the video of the recruit yes. on a visit? At A&M? Yeah. In Texas. In Texas. He's like, man, these are all swimming trophies, man. Yes. <laughs> That's exactly what he <laughs> And they're like, in the football facility. Yes. And he's like, <laughs> I still ain't seen no football trophies. <laughs> it's like, why like, do they have re- other people's stuff in there? Right. Yeah, one of them was like an SB for like broadcasting or something like that. That was funny. Uh, my response would be, it's business as usual, right? This is not this is not uncommon. Um, you know, they they've got some some fresh blood. They're they're feeling excited. They should be. They're, they're Texas. They're the, right. They're the highest revenue generating pr- program in the world. Right. So they should be top ten. And I hope they're I hope they're amazing this year. What the. F- I want a bit. I want the Red River rivalry. I'm to me, just I'm glad I just said that properly. Right. Yeah. It, I, w- I want it back. I want the old school, the the grinding games, the top the top ten matchups in the Red River game. I want That's both what I want. of them to be undefeated when they meet. Yeah. So yeah. you were like ten during the heyday of that game, Vince oh, yeah. Young. I've, and, I've been to many of those. Yeah. So like, I, I, I can, saw I Vince can imagine Young from score zero points in that game. Yeah. So did I. 
And I was on that. Like, me. imagine being the team that had to play those two teams. Like, that, we would sit there and watch that game. Like, Oklahoma State would sit there and watch that game and think, great, our schedule goes. We've got Kansas State, who's winning the North, and then we play Texas, and then the Sooners are the next week. And we're kind of, we're kind of attached now. We don't, we don't like to say that, but we're kind of in, in the same canoe here, and we're right. hoping we're both paddling the same direction. So. It would definitely help Oklahoma if Texas could carry their own weight into the SEC. There's no denying that. I just can't imagine that after what we saw at Asark a year ago, that with a new quarterback, a retooled offensive line, they bring that 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 running back. And let me tell you something: Bijan is an absolute mf. That dude's like, good. I would love to block for that. And cap. that offensive line is paid in full, so paid they expect full. big things. Yeah, I mean, and depending on how many of them can start as true freshmen, you know, not everybody's breaking Bronson over here. Shit, <laughs> yeah. that's a that's yeah. a hard thing to do in the offensive line. Right. When you're playing against UConn, it you don't have to do a whole lot. You know? I mean, you did, you did, and you guys were both 270 pounds as eighth graders. Like, it takes a lot. Like, I was not, I was nowhere near where I needed to be to start as a true freshman. It took me a whole year to get my body in that right spot physically, strength-wise, to do it. So, you would hope that it's going to take, I mean, you would think it's going to take them a bit to get all those guys in the mix of Texas. I had all the tools, none of the technique. Right. <laughs> I ran the West option Sims. in high school. A life story. We ran a two-point stance my first day on campus. Yeah, that's terrible. I had no idea what I was doing. That's no, not football. No I was veer. like, I made a bad choice. There was no veer and clear and uh, dip your shoulder and all that stuff? Yeah, I was like, I just want to hit people in the mouth, and I'm backpedaling <laughs> while I'm standing straight up. Yeah. It was bad for me. Yeah, that couldn't have been fun. Less, I, did, I was recruited by Bob Simmons, who looked at me and said, you're a goon. We want you to be a goon, and I was like, so "That's a positive, right?" That's yes, good. sir. Yeah, that's one hundred percent. Sign me up. Yes, that's what I. Yes, that's all I'm here to do. Absolutely. I would love to heard Bob say that once. Yeah, he just let, it Bob was more like stop being a goon. And then bunch Les of, came in and was like, "Yep, you're my type of guy." Bunch, a, of, bunch of bums. That's what he used yeah. to say. Bunch of bums. Who? Like, why are you over acting like that a was bum. his thing? You're a bunch of bums. Yeah, that's that Youngstown boy in him, man. <laughs> that's that's they it. Call you a bum. Uh, Texas will not finish in the top 10. Texas most likely will not finish in the top 20 for me. I think Texas probably loses one, two. It's pre-September. Uh, three games next year. Easy three games. Until September, Texas is back. That's like the rules. Yeah. All right. And then after September, they're not back. It's good for business. All right. Here's one. Coach Looney. This is one of your buddies. Matt Looney. He Carl says, Robert's finest. What has been the most worthwhile conversation you've had lately? Outside of this one, um, you know, I had a conversation with a Somalia in Kansas City last week. And I also had the best. Like someone from Somalia or a wine person? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was a, thinking a, a Somalia. wine person. Yeah. Okay. A wine. Okay. <laughs> oh. That was yeah. great. Um, Wait, which one? Had a great. Classy. The wine guy? The wine. Okay. A person who's uh, educated in, in wine. Okay. Put me up with some wine. Had the best veal parmesan I've ever had in my life. One of the most fantastic pieces of meat I've ever ate. Uh, we just chatted about wine and food and Kansas City food scene. It was uh, it was great, actually. It was like a Wednesday night. Was, uh, I think it was a place called Charlie Guito's, if I remember correctly, on the hill in Kansas City, a little Italian neighborhood. Phenomenal. I would fly there to eat that dinner again. Can I just say that Bronson 100% makes this thing more sophisticated? Can you tell? <laughs> yeah. Like, I feel like we just leveled up big time. Yeah. I feel like I should yeah. raise my pinky when hopefully, I yeah, uh, Hopefully next team. time we'll have a Somalian story for you. Yeah. Um, I've got a couple of those. I Somali, thought it was Somali way different. Somali pirate story. We had, a, we had a Somali Uber driver. I feel like we were down in uh, in uh, Miami. He crop dusted us. <laughs> yes. In the cab. One How star. was it? One star. Was there, like, curry, jerk? Was it hot? <laughs> Did you have to crack and the window? And, and, we're, and we're, back. we're back. Thank we're back. you yep. for your uh, for your insight there, Bronson. Wes <laughs> brought us from back. Yeah. yeah. Um, Boomercast podcast asked the idea. What do you guys think about the idea that five star offensive linemen follow five star kill skill players, uh, referencing the USC fan base? Um, I think this is probably a question for Bronson more so because you got to think. Wes and I were recruited at a time that recruits weren't connected. I had no idea who was in the recruiting class at Oklahoma State when I got there. You might have because you were in Oklahoma here, but I had no – when I got off the plane, I had no idea who any of these people were that I signed with. Any of the camps that I had been to were all up in the Northeast. It was Ohio. It was, you know, Michigan, Indiana, Penn State. Like, these guys are going down to Big 12 schools. So, I had no no clue. So, I would have told you 100% no. I'm not following any skill player anywhere. 
It, that would be my, my answer as well. Okay. Uh, so I, I got Twitter in 2011, so my sophomore year. I think that Twitter was kind of the, the engine behind that. But, I mean, four, let's see, yeah, four of the offensive linemen that went to OU in my class, we all played in an All-American game together okay. in uh, our senior year of high school. And then there was like two or three receivers that were there and a running back. So we kind of kind of got together and knew each other that way. But I wouldn't say it was an influencing uh, situation. We were kind of all committed at that point already. But you do meet kids through camps and things like that and kind of develop a relationship. But there's not this Twitter constant Hey man, check out USC. Check yeah, out absolutely. This, check out that. So it's, weird. It's uh, yeah. yeah. I would, I would think, I would hope that they're making the best decision for themselves and not, uh, not worry about somebody, somebody else. Yeah, yeah I would yeah, agree. I mean, we had other people calling us. Like I remember Chris Sims was quarterback down at Texas, and he's calling me trying to get me to go down there. But I was saying it, it's the opposite. Like we would have skill guys trying to follow the line around, like follow us around, right. see where we're going and stuff. Like right. anytime I ran in, they'd be like, "Damn, where are you going?" Like, I'm going to Oklahoma, and they're like, fuck that, I'm going to Miami. But I was like, you know, they wanted to know where we were going. Right. Like, I didn't give a shit where he was. I was like, dude, anybody can run for 2,000 yards when I'm hitting people in the mouth. I don't give a shit. Like, you know. I, uh, I took a recruiting trip to – I had one left. And my dad lived in Buffalo, New York at the time, and he was living in Canada. Or he's working in Canada for a Canadian company doing something. I remember what it was. He bounced around a lot at that time. But So he's like, why don't you come up here and just take your last visit to Buffalo? And I was like, they haven't even, like, they sent me some early stuff, but, like, they weren't on the radar, clearly, you know. He's like, just call them up and tell them who you are. And I, he said, he, he promised me that they'll react accordingly. So I call him up, you know, leave the message with the secretary. Five seconds later, the offensive coordinator calls, and he's like, you want to come see our school? And I'm like, yes. Yes, I want, I want to come see your school. And so the, he actually drove down from Buffalo to Youngstown to pick me up. We get up there, and I meet this kid that's a freshman, also be recruited that's a quarterback and that boy sat in my lap almost for three straight days <laughs> he's like you're you're coming here right you're, you're gonna come play foot? I'm, no i'm not coming but you you're here in the recruiting trip i'm like my dad lives right down the, the street we were just here for the free food and drinks and you know, <laughs> i couldn't imagine imagine playing that in the winter up there is bro a different thing when you go yeah. in front of the fraternity houses and they have taken baby pools filled them with water they've frozen they pull the ice out and then, like, cut sexual positions into them in the front yards of the house. <laughs> like, that's how cold it is. This is like an overnight thing where we're going to get chainsaws out and turn a block of ice into a giant dick. It's, yeah. <laughs> Teach their own, I guess. Too yeah. cold. The whole campus is underground. Like, you can access every building from under the oh, campus. Oh, tunnels. Yeah, because of the, because cool. of the snow. It's, it's too like cold. Antarctica. I'm out. Dude. Yeah, too cold. Same thing with, with outdoor stadium. Are you crazy? Anything north <laughs> yeah. of Oklahoma, I'm pretty much At least Syracuse on. had the carrier dome, right? Like, yeah. that would have been – but you had to still get around. They they recruited me hard. I considered taking a trip with the Syracuse. My dad was like, just just too cold. Or no one's trying to hang up in Syracuse, for sure. All right. Anything else? I think we got them all, surprisingly. Nothing crazy. Oh, wait. No, those are a couple of personal ones. Oh. Double Barrel Demo says, I pushed Bronson over someone that was already on the ground my junior year and put it on my highlight tape. Thanks, Bronson. Derek, is that Derek Morton? Derek Morton. Yeah, yeah. They, were, uh, <laughs> they were number one at Norman North, and we came down there and just beat Slaughtered the them. shit out of them. <laughs> um, you know, those old Mustang boys, a bunch of white boys showed up and handled business. But, uh, yeah, I think I saw that one on Twitter. But. Glad I made his highlight tape. Yeah, there you go. I needed that exposure. B. Cannon says, I got a nice blindside forearm shiver from Wes our senior year. I'll never forget getting hit by that train. Oh, you're welcome. That's that's also <laughs> very much a Wes Sims. Isn't that funny? That was what, 15, 16, 17, 18 20. years ago? 20, 20 years ago. 20 years ago, yeah. And, this, and the guy just, remember, just today is still thinking about it. Yeah. He's like, powerful, damn. man. Blindside forearm shiver. Yes. Can't even do That's that anymore. Right. Can't even do that anymore. I love to throw them forearms. And then Kevin Myers says, I want to hear about Wes's Michigan recruiting story. Oh, we, when did we, did we talk about that on the radio? Oh, no. Or, I don't know. Yeah, it was when the guy came down to Weatherford. Oh, yeah. And uh, it was like a Saturday in May. Like, school was already out. And we had just, I think we had had the party for the graduating class. And I was, it was after my junior year, and we partied at balls all night, like the graduation party. And it was Saturday morning, and this guy's, like, driving through. I don't even know why the coach was in the weight room. And he's like, hey, this guy from Michigan's here. And I'm like, cool, I'm going back to bed. 
And he's like, no, like, come up here. And I'm like, dude, I'm not going to Michigan. And he's like, just come up here and talk to the – and I was like, God damn it. I was like, all right, but I'm coming back home and going to fucking bed. I was tired. Right. And it was early. It was like 7 in the morning or something. Right. And I, so I go down there. I'm like, who the fuck gets to Weatherford at 7 in the morning? Like, Right. What was your night like, sir? Yeah. Where did, where where did, did you come you from? Doing? And so anyway. That was back I, when Oklahoma City had like four flights. Yeah. Like and he had traveled half the country to get to Oklahoma. I'm like, you you stayed here last night at the Mark Hotel. I know. <laughs> but, so I go down there and I meet this guy. And I, I can't remember who it was. And he's like, what do you know about Michigan? I was like, we got the same fight song as the Weatherford Eagles. You know, that's like, that's about it, man. I was like, I don't. I'm, I'm out on that. And he talked about it, and I was like, "Like, does it snow up there? He's like, yeah. I was like, like during the season and stuff? He's like, yeah. I was like, no, no. He sold you on the fight song, huh? We, yeah, I was like, we got the same fight song. That's about all that I know about Michigan. Like, I just didn't. <laughs> I, it wasn't. I, no. I didn't my, want anything my to do favorite uh, West Sam story from recruiting comes when he tells me on a podcast uh, probably two years ago that metrics – Sent him a year's supply of protein powder yeah. as a senior in high school. And bars. <laughs> the original NIL. The deal. original yeah. NIL. I'm like, I'm like, this was it. No, we had legal. this. We had a, it was one of those Nike combines, yeah. and it was yeah. down at Texas A&M. And so they had you do like your 40 time, your vertical, your 20 yard shuttle, your bench press. Maybe something else, but there was, like, these five factors. And then, oh, and your height and weight. And they plug it into this equation, and you get this number at the end. Well, I had the highest number in the nation, and so Metric sponsored it. And so they send me a year's supply of, like, everything that they have. He earned it. He won it. And right. so I had, like, a year's supply of vanilla bars, a year's supply of chocolate bars, oh, bars a year's supply so of, like, so vanilla, bad. chocolate, and strawberry drink mixes and shit. Yep. And I'm just like. Where did you put it all? I gave like 90% of it to Russell Dennison because he needed to gain weight. And I was like, you eat this shit. And right. we just showed up with boxes and we're just unloading it in his garage. His mom's like, what's this? I was like, I don't eat, I don't eat fucking candy bars. Like, <laughs> I had to give it to Russell Dennison to fuel his 60-mile bike ride. Yeah, I like was that. like, you eat this, you crazy bastard. I've got a recruiting story for you if you want to wrap it up on yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. It's the reason I – one of the reasons I didn't go to Alabama – so we're taking a family trip to Florida for, like, a family reunion thing, Destin, whatever. And we hit some spots. We went to, like, Old Miss. We went to Tuscaloosa on the way. And uh, we all go up to Saban's office, and we go in his office. He's not in there. And uh, we sit. He has, like, a seating area. We all sit down. He comes and strolls in there. Cool break. And I'll preface this. I think he's probably the greatest college football coach of all time. Right. And, and will be for a long time. And uh, he walks over to his desk, and he pushes the button, and the door shuts. I'm like, this guy's a Bond villain. <laughs> this, this guy is a, it's just, This guy has a, a layer somewhere. Uh, anyway, and then he comes over to us, and he, 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 he's, my sister's sitting in this chair, and she's probably sixth grade, seventh grade. Because I need you to get on my chair. And it pissed my mom off. I, I need you to get on my chair so I can, you know, present myself. This is my chair, and <laughs> kicks my sister out of this chair. And my mom's like, you can't play for him. Can't play for him. Now, was she right? I, I don't think she was right, but it just made her. It made her mad. So that's a funny story. I think back on and um, you know, and then and then my last game in college, we beat Alabama in the Sugar Bowl by 14 points, and just kind of a kind of a funny story. But that's uh, awesome. That was my that was my visit to Alabama. Was uh, Nick Saban oh, and offended my mother, and that was the end. Yeah, that's dude. My, like my mom, absolutely. The coaches would come and sit in the living room. And they would open their mouths, and it would just take me about three minutes to just make eye contact with my mom to know whether I needed to either continue <laughs> to care about whatever this man was saying in front of me. She handled all that recruiting, for sure. Oh, yeah. I mom, forget the coach. I called said, my mom my secretary. In oh, yeah. And, and mom I, had all that stuff. Is we had we had two phone lines. We had the house line, and then we had, like, the bat line. That was for, like, me and my friends. And so she would I, – I wouldn't even answer the house line because I might get stuck talking to fucking Toledo. Like, right. I'm like, no, right. I'm not answering that phone. Which is exactly – I mean, for people don't realize, and I think cell phones probably made this different, but when we were growing up – There was no caller ID. Yeah. So we like, barely had answers. So machines. I'd get home from school, and then it would be just my mom standing there with a list of people that we needed to call back and – you know, from this coach and this coach, and it was it was and hard work. Pounding like, it in, that's that's when you, wrapping it around. That's what we did the, the rotary, the rotary phone. phone. We yeah, had a, we had rotary we had phone. Rotaries. Yeah, we, we actually had a. Uh, 
we got a cordless phone, like one of those big ones, you know, like it was like this Pulled big. Pulled the antenna out like yeah. this. Yeah. We had that until <laughs> my mom punched broke. me in the face with it. <laughs> We're talking back to her. I think I honestly look back. That's probably my first concussion. It's like brass knuckles <laughs> yeah. with a Like phone. she stood. I'm dead serious. Like I'm coming down the stairs. And so to make a right into, and this is my childhood home, you know, to make a right into the kitchen right off the stairs. And she had her back against the refrigerator. And as I came and crossed that threshold where that door was open to the kitchen, she came out phone in hand and hit me in the jaw. I woke up, literally woke up and looked up and she's standing over me. Still and, waiting you know, on One me. of those dusters on. And I'm like, this is, you've done too much. <laughs> We're doing too much now. And I never, I, I, I'm pretty sure I hadn't spoken back to her since then. Like my parents were like newly divorced at the time. You know, so she was trying to uh, flex on the, and because we were huge. Like my brother was six eight as a ninth grader. Wow! So she had to like really kind of beat us down a little bit. So we, before we got out of control, and uh, it worked on me with one punch with the cell phone or with the uh, with the wireless. Phone. Say, that phone probably weighed like eight pounds. It absolutely weighed eight pounds. <laughs> Broke rather, all kinds of pieces. Even better off getting hit by brass knuckles. I think. No question. <laughs> yeah. Oh, She's, uh, mom was not a, a small lady either. She she had a little power behind her for sure. All right, boys. Well, I enjoyed it. It was a blast. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. It's like his uh, villain story kind of reminded me of a recruiting story where I met a villain, or what I thought was a villain. We got a minute? Oh, yeah, for sure. So I was at Texas at the football camp, like the summer camp, and Mac Brown was like, hey, come over here and meet everybody. I was like, but we got practice this afternoon. He's like, no, you don't. And I was like, all right. So I go with him, and all my buddies put on their pads and helmet and go across campus to practice. And we go all the way across campus, and we go in some building. puts me in a – elevator and he's like i want you to meet somebody i'm like okay we hop in this elevator we go up to like third fourth floor and this we're inside a building and there's a pool like on the third or fourth floor and you're looking down at the campus and i was like oh this is cool and we go around and there's like a lawn chair and this old man sitting in it and we walk around and i'm like who the fuck is this and he's like hey this is uh daryl k royal and i'm like oh cool oh shit and so we sat down and we start oh, talking shit. I have no fucking idea who this dude is because I don't give a shit about Texas. Dale K. And Royal, so, the, the, the stadium stand yeah, after him. But he's a famous Oklahoma. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And so we start talking, and I don't know who he is, and then he starts talking about his college ball. And, he, and then he's like, yeah, I played at OU. And I was like, oh, oh, okay. And so I start connecting the dots, and I was like, oh, that's cool. And then he was like, yeah, and I came down here and all this. And I straight up told the dude, and I wasn't thinking nothing about it because I don't ever think before I talk. And I was like, you kind of remind me of somebody, and I couldn't picture who it was. And I was like, oh, I was like, you kind of remind me of Darth Vader, dude. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. <laughs> and straight up said that to his face, and I wasn't thinking nothing bad about it. Right. And he kind of laughed, and we laughed about it. But I was just like, that's just the way that I was looking at it. I was like, this went to the dark side. And now I'm meeting him, and he's trying to get me to come to the dark side before. I'm like, no, it's too much. It's too much. Did Wes just call himself Luke Skywalker on this podcast? <laughs> You're well. Did that just happen? That's going to do it for us for the Sam Mays podcast. We're here live from Nate's or from Ned Starlight Lounge. I am. I've got no words for what you just did <laughs> or said. Uh, thank you so much for joining me, Wes Sims, Bronson Irwin. You guys are fantastic. I think we're going to try to get Bronson in the rotation a little bit more as we get closer uh, to football season and give you guys an offensive line perspective of what's going on on the field. Uh, I feel like we have the best insight to anybody in the football field about the game. In my opinion, I'm a little bit biased, but that's just the reality. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Thank you, guys. Big boy. All right, we're out of here. We'll see you later.